Hi, folks. Welcome back to the DC Beer Show. Richard here to tell you if you want to know everything going on in the craft beer scene in the greater metro area, make sure you head over to dcbeer.com. Look at the calendar there. We think it's the most comprehensive calendar of craft beer related events in the entire DMV. So check it out. And if there's something that you think should be on that calendar and isn't, just go to the contact form and let us know. Also, you can follow everything we're doing at DC Beer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We keep those updated so you know what's going on in the craft beer scene. In this episode of the DC Beer Show, we've got Fabio Garcia of Dynasty Brewing Company. Fabio's been around for, oh gosh, 20 years or more in the DC metro area brewing beer for a lot of different folks. Now he's got his own brewery. One more thing before we dive into the conversation, we're about a month away now from DC Beer Week. So go over to dcbeerweek.net and get the latest information about what's happening. Eight days of craft beer activities, major events every single day, um, great beer from all of the brewers in the district and around the suburbs, DC Beer Week. Go to dcbeerweek.net to find out more. Now, let's get going with our conversation with Fabio Garcia of Dynasty Brewing Company. You've been around here since the 1990s, and you started, I, don't, I didn't even recognize the names of some of the places that you first worked at until you, we, you got to Old Dominion. But right, so Bardo, you know, guys know Bardo, mm-hmm. now it's in the, on the river across the street from Nats Park. Yeah. Um, so they had a brew pub, one of the first brew pubs in the area was in uh, Arlington. And I didn't know anything about craft beer at the moment. I just got out of school, I was, you know, kind of realized after going a couple of job interviews that working in an office and was not going to be for me. So I just <laughs> right. kind of, you know, I had been kind of working in the service industry for a little bit. So I got a job in the, in the, in the kitchen at Bardo making nachos. And then they had these big gigantic nachos. We used to have these competitions in the kitchen, see how big you can make them <laughs> and see if you can, you know, if you made them big enough, they wouldn't fit in the microwave. You kind of won at that point because you had like a certain, <laughs> certain layer of uh, cheese and chili and, you know, chips obviously. And then the salsa and, so it was a great place to great place to work. It was a lot of fun and uh, a very creative place, right? It just uh, new stuff all the time. Uh, but they did go through some brewers. Like people kind of worked there for a while and then they left. And so the opportunity came up for me to start working in the brewery. And they're like, "This is fun. This is great." You know. And then that kind of ran the cycle after a couple of years, and then like that led to another job in Richmond. So I went to worked at Rich Brow. Oh, that's um, where it was in Richmond. That's why I was not yeah, recognizing Rich right. Brown. So, yeah, yeah, so moved to Richmond for a while, and that's that was fun. You know, Richmond's a great town and completely different in DC in many ways. Like you can get across town in 20 minutes. <laughs> wow, <laughs> and, uh, wow, that's what, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was my start. It was just kind of sort of by accident. I didn't really think I was going to become a craft brewer, and it wasn't even called craft brewing then, right? It's like microbreweries. And hmm. well, and so, um. When you, when you were like working, I guess you, after you left Dominion, you went, uh, that's when you opened Lost Rhino, yep. right? What was it, what was the brewing environment like then? Like, well, it's, yeah, it's quite limited how many breweries are around. So, uh, Old Dominion had closed down. I was the last brewery manager there. So it was kind of in charge of, I was in charge of, uh, 
selling the equipment and moving it out depends who bought it and then uh, it was kind of like this end of days over there uh, and then my buddy Matt wanted to start a brewery he had a business plan and that's can became Lost Rhino and then uh, so we were able to uh, purchase the brew house from uh, Dominion because they they moved everything to Delaware and then Mm -hmm. like they took all a bunch of the big tanks but they didn't need a 25 barrel brew house it's you know it's old at that point so I said well you know so it was kind of something I negotiated like I'll stay to the very end if I can put a deposit down in this brew house so you know we we got a fairly good deal it's good you know we had to take it apart and move it that was probably the most expensive part but um but how, how, around then, like, how many other breweries were there? Uh, and yeah, how, there was how no, engaged were you with with other brewers at the time? Well, we were very engaged with other brewers because we knew everybody pretty well, right? Yeah. So there's, you know, when I was out of a job, a brewing job, and Dominion closed, there wasn't that many breweries to go to to, <laughs> to go ask for a job. or want to see what's going on. So I ended up working at Sweetwater Tavern with Nick Fennell. Um, uh, you know, Mad Fox just closed down, but they were just opening. They weren't even thinking about opening. They are just, you know of an idea of Bill, Bill Madden's kind of doing the same thing. He was going to work in that uh, place in Leesburg, trying to find out what he was going to do. And mm. um, There wasn't that many breweries. There's certainly not production it's breweries. Like you and Bill Madden and like Brett Lauer and... Yeah. Yeah, wow. Right, so that was... Yeah, yeah. so go to your questions, like uh, you, it was the brew pubs that were around. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you go go to work at Gordon Beers or the Chop House, and that was kind of like the options. And it's, I went and ended up working at Sweetwater. But the idea of having a small production brewery it wasn't, you know, you know, there's a few of us that opened up the same year, 2011, but that was, at that time, it was pretty. And now you got Dynasty. Yeah. And, uh, and there was the, 30 breweries in Mountain County itself. And then when right. we started Lost Rhino, there was two breweries. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's that was amazing. was eight years ago. Wow. Well, and when you started Lost Rhino, could you have a tap room? No. So that we had yeah. the, uh, the first year we we could not sell beer directly to a customer. So we had these, uh, we will sell tours. Uh, so we're talking about doing giving tours. That's why I gave so many tours because you would like <laughs> sell a tour and you get some tickets for a tasting after the tour or between the tour. So that was a way that we could take in some cash and, and show people, you know, have people drink our beer. And, um, but it was all ticketed tours. That's amazing. Just the concept of tours to me is is an interesting evolution in in breweries because at first it was the tours were the driving why why you the only way you could get people to come to the brewery is to sell tours or give tours yeah. and it's the only way you could give them beer is to give them tickets and they did the tour and i don't really know any breweries that even do tours anymore because most everybody knows how a brewery works you know like yeah i, I just, completely agree we yeah. haven't done we do you know hang out on saturdays and we kind of you know somebody Somebody's interested in looking around, we kind of throw them around, but sure, we don't but, have like, hey, tours are two o'clock. Right, yeah, nobody does that anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. And then the, the group tours that come around, they, they're, they're more detailed. They're very, like, this is, you know, they want a more detailed tasting. It's not just, right. like I said, it, people know how, to, how beer is made. Yeah, yeah, the, the tour companies that are bringing people in, that's, that's a different, different thing. But when you started Dynasty, you weren't originally going to be one of the partners, right? So a couple of guys were going to open it, and you were just like helping out. Yeah, that's, that's the like story the, I heard. It may sure. not be true. Well, it's, it's you know, it's pretty much I was kind of finishing up a lost rhino, and then uh, Travis and uh, Pat were interested in starting a brewery, and then I was like, no, no, I really wanted to, you know, stay. And I was kind of trying to make things work at Lost Rhino, so I was really committed to that. And um, 
So I wasn't even thinking about another brewery at that point. So, but I know them pretty well. So in a sense, like, oh, let me get some guys that you guys might be interested in hiring as a brewer. Let me help with the layout. Right. This is kind of let's go through the numbers, the kind of equipment you need, what kind of you know, all that kind of stuff. And I joke around it's like the Dick Cheney thing, you know, you got hired to to, to find a vice president. He became the vice president. And it's kind of like <laughs> the same thing. I got hired to to uh, find a brewer, and I was like, well, I just stay around and become your partner in this. And and uh, you know, the visions changed. You know, we changed the way we think about things because as we were mentioning, craft beer and this area keeps evolving so quickly. Uh, you know, what we thought about a few years ago is kind of different from what we're doing now. But um, How so? What's changed? What's changed the the beer to go, the package beer, right? We kind of mm. just fo- more focus in that brew pub model in the sense that, hey, we'll, we'll make beer, we'll have some food trucks, people come here and drink our beer. Well, we found out it's really, you know, the, the marketplace is crowded in the, in the stores, so we have to sell our beer here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or find some really good uh, retail partners that sell directly to them or have a special, you know, like, hey, we can get you some cases of our beer. So that's where we're yeah. going. That direction is trying to package. We'll start packaging this, this year and have our product available here and in a couple of places in D.C. and Maryland. Uh, kinda, but that's, well, I got to tell you, I'm a fan of that model. I really yeah. am because it's now... I buy a little bit of beer in a particular store in the town that I live in in Maryland. I buy a lot of beer, cans, like directly from brewers that I really like. I'm, as a consumer, moving in that direction, too, where I can get, a, I can get cans of beer from a brewery I really love. Less expensive if I buy it directly from the brewery, first of all. It's easier for them if I buy it directly from them. So, yeah, I frequently go to a brewery fresh, I like and buy, and buy a case of beer. And it's like, great, I got a month's worth of, well, not a month, I got a week's worth of beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we found ourselves doing the same, right? Yeah. You know, I used to, uh, when, you know, working at Los Rhinos distribution, so I'll regularly go to the supermarket and I'll scan the shelves and see what people are selling the beer for, what's the date on the cans, you know, rotate the cans around so everything looks pretty. Yeah. I don't even go to the supermarket anymore. To, like, <laughs> that's like, like that beer section is like not even part of my, <laughs> right? my trip to the store. Yeah, so yeah, that's I'll not where. To, uh, yeah, you know, go down the street and... <laughs> Exactly. Beer, Especially yeah. in Loudoun County, yeah. it's like you can you can pretty much go to you can, yeah that, yeah it's amazing. It's a little tougher. We live uh, in Tacoma Park near Silver Spring, so yeah. we've now got Astrolab and Denizens and, and Silver Branch. Sure, and, and they're so, all canning, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much Astrolab. I think starting this yeah. week. Sorry, Emma, if I shouldn't have said but that. They but did crawlers as well. They're so doing crawlers. Um, we were able which to go great, there and but, get crawlers. But yeah, th- yeah, I know. I think Astrolab is a, is is right on the verge of like any day now uh, starting to can, and it'll be great because I can yeah. just go pick my favorites from three. Um, anyway, let's talk about your beer. I think the first question I have is, you worked at Beltway Brewery. Yeah. And they're a contract brewery. Yeah. How did that influence you and the type of beers that you brew doing contract brewing for a bunch of different breweries? Um, that's a good question. Kind of use the idea of making con- doing contract beers, right? So if somebody brings you a recipe and you, and you brew it for them. And uh, Stan at Beltway had this great model, very organized over there. It's fantastic. We had a great time working there because... It's, it's, how to explain this? It's like, in a sense, we try to brew the vision of the, the brewer as much as possible. It's like, what do you want? We got everything was laid out pretty well. Like, you had to take a lot of notes and find out how they wanted a beer made. Um, you get exposed to a lot of different styles, right? Like, mm, uh, right. a lot of new styles. And certainly, when I was at Beltway, we were making a lot of Grimm. 
mean, I you can't say that happened. It wasn't. It was an influence. I mean, it was the right about the right time that all the hazy IPAs were coming out, and I was, I was like, wow, this stuff is pretty happy. And it's I don't know if I really like it, <laughs> you know, but there's something about it. Like we're talking about packaging. There's something in two weeks in the can that beer was great, right? All the, the harshness kind of mellowed out. Yep. And yep. uh, there's a real treat, you know, it's <laughs> opposed to like most times you package a beer and it kind of degrades pretty quickly. And this is kind of like, well, oh, this is this, this high ABV, highly hot beer is going to age really nice in its container. Uh, that was a great experience to learn that part of it. And um, they were doing a lot of bunch of crazy stuff, too, like, you know, a lot of kettle sours and real sweet stouts and pastry stouts and things like that. But we haven't really got around to doing those yet. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's about how the brewing there influenced you. And I think. Yeah. I mean, it also. Yeah. yeah. And then it was difficult to brew the lighter beers at times. Right. That's always the difficult part. And especially when you have a very delicate beer and you have somebody bring their recipe over and they'll talk, oh, we have this coach is really great. And you try to brew it and it doesn't come out quite right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right. and so many it's hard to track down. Um, that was more difficult than, say, like a contract brewer that didn't have a brewery and you kind of just made their beer for them. Like they just have an idea mm-hmm. what the beer is. Right. Try to match something that's difficult. So, so, so far here, like looking at what you got on the menu, there's a lot of pretty traditional styles. There's not a lot of stuff that's sort of way out there. Is, is that by design and, and sort of what your plans for Dynasty are is to sort of stick to the lagers and pale ales and IPAs and stouts? Oh. Or is this just like, you know, you're getting started and those are great things to like roll out initially and you've got plans for lots uh, of experimentation? Well, I guess part of it is what we like to drink. Certainly the hazy pale ales is what we enjoy. That's, yeah. a, that's uh, what Travis, my business partner, myself, that's what we, he kind of got, he really got me hooked on those, you know, he kept, other breweries I was working at, we used to hang out and he's like, you got to try this. You got to try that. And like, and then we sit in his back porch and drink hazy pale ales. And it's, a, you know, it's quite a different experience. And it's like, how can you make that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, so we kind of started playing around. And um, so we really enjoyed, I mean, I enjoyed the hazy pale ales and that's, a, that's going to be our kind of focus on our, our core beers in many ways. Okay. Um, I do enjoy a good lager, right? So mm-hmm. something about, um, Unfiltered lagers really appeals to me. So um, it's, you know, it's kind of starts out a little bit harsh at times, a little sulfury, but they mellow out and they've got this beautiful roundness to it. And eventually, you know, as they, as they age, the lager. Yeah. So. Well, I'm drinking that lager right now and it's very clean, very refreshing. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a great beer. I have no idea what style it is. I'm trying to figure out, like, in a <laughs> sense, like what the, you know, traditional style it is, you know, it's a little hoppy for a Hellas, um, but it's not quite enough for a Pilsner. So it's kind of, I know, we just call it pale lager. So dynasty lager. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Let's talk a little bit about the history of this beer because this isn't, Pepper's been around for a while, right? Yeah, that was uh, yeah. the 90s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because someone that was working at Bardo, that Bardo had uh, guest, guest beers on all the time. It was not, it was a beer bar essentially, it was a brewery. And then right. that was in the mid 90s. So that was, uh, so a lot of our listeners have no idea what as we're talking they should. About. Yeah. I, mean, it's, it's, I, I remember it's, getting bottles of it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. It, so so there was a, there was this beer. Called this beer it was one of the first Tupper's really, Hot Pocket. One of was uh, it was dry hopped pale ale, which at that time was not even really something a that thing. People, yeah. a thing. You know, like the idea of like <laughs> you were dry now. You know, quadruple dry hop everything. Um, <laughs> and, 
Um, but yeah, the idea with but there was a dry hot pale ale, and it's kind of it was you know it was uh, you know labor of love in many ways for the brewers at Dominion because it was uh, they insisted on whole leaf whole leaf hops at that time. Wow! So you imagine trying to it's two hundred barrels of of ale, and you have bags and bags of whole leaf but, hops oh, in there. Oh my god! <laughs> wow! It's, right, so they you'd end so up with the, no wart left. I mean, they just suck it, it sucks all. it all up. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was something else. You should have seen just us trying to clean it out. It was, uh, uh, uh. but, but it so, was a, yeah, it was a new idea. And since like they had traveled through Europe, and then they, I guess they probably drank some English beers that were dry hopped, and like oh, this is a pretty neat idea. And then uh, they bought it to Jerry at Old Dominion, and then Dominion was just starting just starting out, so they had some extra capacity. Mm-hmm. So they worked out an agreement that Dominion would make their beer for them. And uh, they went on until Dominion moved to Delaware, and then they uh, they didn't want to do any more contracts. So, uh, uh, so it went out of production. Yeah, Tupper's went to St. George, uh, but they never really caught on after you know, there was probably more distribution issues than anything else. Right. It kind of just fell out. Um, so Bob and Ellie approached me not too long ago and said, like, oh, you know, we kind of have to show commerce on our beer. We kind of we want to keep this beer alive. And I have fond memories of it. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make a batch and see how it goes. So only the concern was that I'm not going to dry hop with whole leaf. Not that I have anything. I love whole leaf hops. We have a hop back here. I like to use as much whole leaf as possible. But the current flavor of dry hop beers are pelletized or cryo hops. Mm-hmm. People are not into the whole leaf flavor. anymore. We, I did one beer here that was dry hop with whole leaf. And it was so vegetable, like vegetable, but yeah. it was not enjoyable. Like, like wow, I don't remember being really great. <laughs> like, it's fully possible. Like, this is not what we want. So uh, that beer ended up not going anywhere. But but the tup- but the Tuppers is really nice. I mean, yeah, so we, uh, that was a big major change in the recipe. It was uh, dry hopped with pellets. But essentially, I knew the recipe, and uh, we brewed it. Uh, and Bob, Bob, like, came to you and said, "Hey, can you keep this going?" Which is yeah. So we're going to work something out that we hope to keep it going. We like nice. to see it package, uh, modern packaging. We, we like the sixteen ounce four packs. You know, mm-hmm. that's I think it'll be great to have tuppers in that. That's, yeah, yeah that would for, be great. You know, can so we, uh, like yeah. So they are excited by it. I'm, we we like it. Uh, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Like since I thought that I moved on, right. and I'm all like hazy guy, and I'm like, oh yeah, hell, the more hazy the better. And they're like, oh yeah, this is nice and clean and crisp, and has it's a, a real it's strong a beautiful bitterness. beer. I will I will post a photo of it, uh, it both in the show notes and you'll find it on our Instagram or whatever. But it's it's a beautiful just just the look of it is absolutely and it's gorgeous. A piece it's of local so, history too. Yeah, it is a piece of local history. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, I'm just loving it. I am loving it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try some other beers, but I really just want to drink this the rest of the day. Yeah. So it's Cascade Mount Hood, right? So it's got some noble hop character in there. Um, I got the yeast. We don't usually use the American ale yeast anymore. I got the yeast from uh, Old Ox. Mm, so as far as uh, you can't get any closer to Old Dominion yeast because they're based, they are across the street from Old Dominion used to be. And right. uh, then they use 1056 on a regular basis. <laughs> so I was able to get some from them. And those are the right generation that it dropped right. This is unfiltered, so it's nice and clear. Oh, wow. Perfectly clean. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> so you also have uh, Miesa Blending Company in yeah. here. How is it working with them? And has that influenced your beer brewing at all as well? Or your taste in beer. Or your taste in beer, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, so, you know, I've known Alex for a few years, and he had, uh, already, he's been talking about opening a blendery of some sort, with some kind of business for some sort, uh, for years. And I never really understood what he was talking about. 
because uh, what do you mean you're gonna get warp from somebody and you move it <laughs> over here and you're gonna put it in barrels and um, but the more we talked, the more it made sense for him to come. There he is. Uh, <laughs> more it made sense for him uh, to set up shop here as he looked for his own place. Um, it takes a while, obviously, for barrel aged beers to to mature and, and, yeah. and to develop. So. Um, it's, we have the little, we have some space and we like the barrels and it uh, keeps me from playing around with sour beers much. So <laughs> like, I don't have to worry about it. He's going to do that and then we can uh, put some of his beers on tap, freeze my time for something else. We did notice though that you are starting to do some barrel aged beers. Uh-huh. Uh, can you talk a little bit about those? What kinds are you? Uh, yeah, so a little bit more traditional since it's bourbon barrel. So uh, whiskey barrels. We have some Catoctin Creek, some Copper Fox, so two uh, Virginia distilleries, and we got the Knob Creek from bourbon. So uh, so we put an imperial stout. It's thirteen percent imperial stout that we put wow. in, and one of them has you know, chocolate and vanilla in it. And then, uh, we'll, uh, so we'll release that this fall as soon as we figure out how to package it. So we have basically variations of it. You know, a couple of different distilleries and. Um, well, if you need anyone to help taste it before you package it, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you guys a call when we're ready to package. Uh, uh, um. So one of the questions we've been asking folks is we've talked to um, guys like you who, who I've been referring to as the godfathers of, of DMV brewing, like guys who've been around for a long time, been doing this for a long time. Besides what you're making at Dynasty and what you're serving from Maeza, like what are some of the breweries that you're really excited about or some of the beers that are out there that you're really, really enjoying from some of the other breweries, either the 30, other, the 29 other breweries in Loudoun County or anywhere in the DMV? Sure. I mean, there's definitely, in, well, Loudoun County is rich. You know, there's so many breweries going on in Loudoun County. It's, you know, every given week, somebody has a great beer on tap that we have to right. go. <laughs> go try out uh, uh but you know the guys at ocelot it's been fun to just go ahead and have a, a pint of some new ipa it's been great yeah they make, they make exploring lagers a little bit more so that's uh it's, it's been fun to go on that journey with them and certainly port city has their lager series which yeah. i enjoy tremendously does uh yeah and then they're what i'm really excited what port city's doing they're using local grains right they have the new new ale it's, mm-hmm. it's local malt um, that's something I'd, I'd like to explore more of. And then we have, we use some of local malts here, but, and then, um, I like where DC Brown's going with their beers. Uh, yeah. they got the new brew house. Their, their Pilsner has been outstanding. I don't know what, the, what they did in the last year or so, but it's been a real treat. To, well, if you listen to the episode, yeah, that just came that. out. <laughs> that's talking to the guys over there. Yeah. You'll hear a little bit about what they, what, what their new brew house is doing for them. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, it's cool. Could you talk a little bit about the equipment you have? Like, what's the yeah, size of the brewery? Yeah, tell us about this brew house. Yeah. And, and where you get it's, it from? It's, it's interesting. Yeah. There's an interesting story behind the brew house, really, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we started, uh, you know, with the process of opening a brewery. You could find a space. Um, and then, we, you know, my task was to look for brewing equipment. And then uh, my partners were like, oh, we should just get some new equipment. So, you know, we got quotes from new equipment. But at the same time, I was looking at the classifieds of old used equipment. And uh, this brew pub in Seattle, the, the rock bottom of Seattle, was closing down uh, because they had a, you know, they were remodeling the building or taking down the building or something like that. So they had, they had to close that down to move it. And as soon as I saw the ad, I knew it was like, oh, we have to get this. So it's a JV Northwest. So it's built by JV Northwest from Portland, Oregon. It's uh, kind of a classic brew house. 
built in 1996. So it feels like he's like an old <laughs> friend in many ways. Like, oh yeah, I know this brew house. Um, um, it looks great. It's, uh, it's great engineering. Uh, it's really simple. There's you know, no bells and whistles. It's a lot of manual labor, <laughs> moving stuff around. But uh, um, it gives me the flexibility to do a lot of different kind of styles, really. I mean, yeah, sometimes I wish we had a little more automation, especially as I get older. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a well-made equipment. It looks good, too. So, yeah, so we moved it from Seattle about two years, I guess. You know. Wow. Did it cost just as much to move as it did the biking? Uh, yeah, it, it did cost about thirty thousand dollars to move the equipment. But we have wow. we did get a pretty good deal on the equipment. So, yeah, in theory, we probably could have bought a new uh, Chinese-made uh, brew house for what we got this used one. But I think we we did we were better off mm -hmm. purchasing them. Yeah, well, it's gorgeous. I mean, it looks new. Yeah, it really does. It really looks fantastic. Does. Yeah, and it, you can tell just by looking at this place how experienced you are as a brewer like the layout is extremely well thought out and we've been in a lot of breweries and some of them are well thought out and some of them you can absolutely tell was just yeah. like guys on the with a, with pens on the back of a napkin going well if we put this here yep. <laughs> and yeah. that's how it happened but this is this is this especially is, drainage Especially drainage, uh, but yeah. this is clearly a very professional operation. So, yeah. and it, the, the, we wouldn't have any doubt from someone like you, but it's, no, it's, no, it's, you can tell um, it's done right. Yeah, so I got uh, a friend of mine, uh, Scott Zetterstrom, helped me design this thing. He's been uh, he helped many breweries in the area get gets up and start. He's a welder engineer. What's his name? Uh, Scott Zetterstrom. We should get him on the show. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he was uh, head head brewer at Dominion for a long time, and then yeah. kind of helped that place really get going. Um, so yeah, he installs breweries, distilleries. He's a great welder. So yeah, he you know kind of sketched things out, gave it to him. He kind of bounced back and forth. So yeah, yeah, and for an old guy like me in my fifties, everything is labeled, <laughs> which is nice. Well, Don't forget what's what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but automation would be really nice. <laughs> be, be you should definitely listen to the the interview we did with uh, Jeff and yeah. DC Brown. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's loving some him some modern. Oh yeah. yes, he is. Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, it's it's fun like to stare at a match for like you know three minutes or so. They're like, okay, somebody else can take over. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, Fabio, we really appreciate you oh, sitting down you and guys. taking the time to yeah. talk to us. Uh, the brewery oh. is absolutely gorgeous. It is. The beer is fantastic. Uh, anybody listening to this, you should really, you should really make Dynasty sort of a part of your whole. Uh, weekly trip to Loudoun County is <laughs> yeah. the way this has got to work. Like, we should buy a house in Loudoun County. <laughs> Just like rent make it, it out. A, yeah. make, it a, make it a beer flop. <laughs> the Metro's coming soon. Well, maybe. But, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah, no, it's a, uh, it, this is, this is, this soon is and Metro do not really go together. <laughs> it's not that far away. Either. That's the unfortunate part. But, uh, but listen, uh, thanks so much for talking no, to us. Uh, those of you listening to this, uh, this is Dynasty Brewing Company. We've been talking to Fabio Garcia. Remember, you can get all the information about everything going on in the craft beer scene in the DMV at dcbeer.com or at dcbeer on any of the social medias. And remember, always drink great beer. <laughs>